You're listening to the Mimi B Podcast, a lifestyle podcast that is designed to help you transform your life and become the best version of yourself possible. On this podcast, we talk about health, personal growth, career, and pretty much everything else it takes to become the best you there is. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard. I own the online magazine, Mimi B, and I create courses on how you can upgrade your life to the next level. Every single one of us has the ability to produce extraordinary results in our lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. Hello, everybody. Today, I'm here with Miss Marissa Pierre. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I honestly am so excited for this episode today. I initially heard of you after listening to the podcast you did with Lewis Howes, and it completely changed my day listening to that one podcast and I realized I had to get you on. For everybody that doesn't know Marissa, Marissa is a world-renowned therapist and coach and she is the uh, woman behind the I Am Enough movement. Have you guys heard of people writing I Am Enough on their mirrors? If you have, that is Marissa. So welcome Marissa, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm actually honored and flattered to be here. So thank you thank very you. much. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Okay. So before we get into today's topic of gaining control of our thoughts and trying to stay more positive and, you know, happier in life, can we just get into your story a little of bit? Course. How you got into therapy and why your method is so different to others and how it's so effective and all that good stuff. So I was originally going to be, when I wanted to be a child psychologist, I was going to be a nanny. Then I thought I should aim a bit higher and work with troubled young children, but that's quite a hard job because you always have three patients, mum, dad, child, often parents are divorced, and I found that very difficult, so I rather quickly gave that up, and by all kinds of quirks of fate, found myself in Los Angeles working for Jane Fonda at the Jane Fonda Workout, and I loved that. It really tapped into my psychology background, although I was all about health and fitness, but Every other girl there was bulimic, anorexic, Mm. exercise compulsive. And I was fascinated by the psychology of overeating. And because I had a background in that, I went back to school and I studied that. And I found the hypnotherapy was the most effective way to cure that. Because, of course, anorexia especially is a a mental illness. You can't fix that with diet. Bulimia is a mental illness. And you can't fix that by weighing Mm. people. So... I was looking for an answer and I found it and I began to work with people using my method, which I created, and it was really successful. But when they you know, I know you're the anorexia girl or the bulimia girl. My neighbor said, you're amazing. You sorted out their kid. But I have a fear of bees or heights or elevators or, and I just want to see you. And so I branched out into everything. It was much more interesting and I had an amazing career, so I started off being a therapist, and then I started to work on shows like I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out mm-hmm. of Here, Big Brother. And then I wrote some books. And eventually, you know, people would always say, look, I live in Ohio, or I live in Australia, where can I find you? And there was only one of me, because it was like my method. So I decided to train people. And we'll say, you know, where did you learn your method? But I really learned it from my own clients. They taught me what works Mm -hmm. and what doesn't work. And they taught me really that we all have pretty much the same problem. And therapy should be easy, should be fast, should be effective, should make the client empowered and free. You never want to make the client depend on you to feel good. You need to make them depend on them. And so 
I love my job because yeah. I make people feel good about themselves and it's much easier than it sounds. It's insane how it's so easy and I've actually listened to a lot of your stuff since the Lewis House podcast and it's incredible. You can literally change people's lives in 10 minutes. Like, yeah. It, so do you use, I know it's the RTT, the Rapid Transformational Therapy yeah. Method, and is that hypnotherapy or is it a mix of things? It, it's a mix of lots of things. So certainly hypnotherapy is part of it. The understanding why is hypnotherapy and the coding and wiring in new behavior is hypnotherapy. The mind learns by repetition. But hypnotherapy just means you're going into the subconscious mind, not the conscious. And I would say the subconscious mind is like a horse and the conscious is like the driver. And if you've got a really powerful horse and you've never had riding lessons, you won't be able to go anywhere on the horse. But if you know how mm-hmm. to operate it, you can go wherever you like and yeah. have a great time too. So it's using various tools that access the subconscious mind where real change takes place, but also where fast, permanent, powerful change takes place. People say, you know, is it is it NLP, is it CBT, is it EFT? It's really none of those things, because it's my own method that I created, and I'm really proud of it. I mean, it's one... Last year we won 13 awards, um, which was amazing. Oh, my god! Because people love it because it's so effective. But I was, you know, as a therapist, straight away clients tell you what they want. And what they want is to be over pain. I mean, you wouldn't go to a dentist and say, you know, I'm in terrible pain. Could I discuss it every week? You wouldn't go to a doctor and say, I've broken my arm. It really hurts. Can I discuss mm. it? Every week, you go, when, how quickly can I be over the pain and get my arm back and be normal? And I've always thought therapy should, should be the same as every other intervention, whether it's medical, physical, and emotional. It should all be geared to getting you back on your feet as fast as you can. And you should be doing a lot of the work yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, after the session, people have homework to do yeah. when they go back home. And I know that with the I am enough movement, your homework to a lot of your clients is to go home and tell yourself repeatedly yeah. throughout the day, I am enough. Yeah. Is there any other kind of homework that, that you give that, that's really effective? I don't actually like the word homework. I always call okay. it hack work. Hack because work. homework okay. has such a connotation of sitting yeah. on your own after school, doing really boring stuff. So we do give you a little bit of hack work, mm-hmm. you know, new hacks, and it should never take more than five minutes. I was thinking if you've got a job, a home, a relationship, that's enough work for the rest of your life. Maybe you try to get to the gym and do a bit of juicing as well, but no one's got time to write out 100 goals or read a new self-development book every week. Or I want it to be really fast. And everything I do is based on the three things you know about your mind. And one of them is the way you feel about everything is down to the pictures you make in your head. And the words you say to yourself, like if you go, I'm so scared of flying, Mm. I know it's going to crash. I mean, I'm in a flying metal canister hurtling through the sky and you tell yourself all these things, you have a terrible time. If you go, wow, I'm going to watch this great movie and read a book and sleep. And when else do I get like eight hours to myself? Mm. So the way you feel about anything, it's a bit like you could, again, get on a horse and go, it's going to throw me. It's really dangerous. What if you come off? Or you could say, gosh, this is so exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's always the pictures and words, but we can change the pictures and words like that. When you change the pictures and words, it changes everything. 
what's the most effective way to change those pictures and words? Because obviously we're so conditioned and by the time we're a certain age, like 90% of what we do is just a conditioned yeah. habit. I would say change the words, forget about, because I'm not visual, I can't see yeah. anything. Words make pictures. If I said to you, think of anything now, but do not think of a snowman that's orange. I just thought You that. have to think of an orange <laughs> snowman. If I said think of anything, but don't think of a kitten that's bright pink, you have to think of one. It's in order not to think of it. It's like saying, don't think of the pain. Mm. Don't think of the what the scared bit. Don't worry. Don't look down. You have to think about the very thing you don't want to think about. But but every word you say, your mind is always working out what that word is. So the most effective way to change is to listen to your words. Do you go, I'm terrified when you're going for an audition or a date? Do you say, it's killing me when you're busy? Do you go, I'm exhausted at the end of a day? Do you say things like, I'm starving, I could eat a horse? Stop and think. Mm-hmm. Could anyone really eat a horse? Not even an eighth of a horse. Have you, are you really exhausted? Or maybe you're just mm-hmm. a little tired. Is it really terrifying to go for an interview? Is your kid really killing you? Would you yeah. die if your boyfriend dumped you? Of course you wouldn't. Mm. But the mind takes every word you say as literal. So when you say, this is killing me, this is a nightmare, I'm dying. My job is killing me. My baby makes me want to die. My partner is driving me insane. Your mind picks up a belief that you should not have any of those things. So so it's important to say things like, well, it's challenging me or it's stretching me or it's showing me something. Mm And instead of saying I'm exhausted, I'm a little bit tired. Um, My kid is killing me. My kid's keeping me awake, but Mm -hmm. it won't last too long. Because something to get you, that's what I call PPP. It has to be permanent, has to be very personal. Mm And it has to be all pervasive going on all the time. So if your boss was just horrible to you, you go, well, is that permanent? Really? Because mm-hmm. they won't be my boss forever. Is it personal? They do it to everyone. It's not personal. It's not permanent. When you're at home having sex with your partner or having a great dinner or watching a movie, he's not there. So it's not even all pervasive. So then you've got to, I mean, I often say things like, well, this this won't last, this will pass. Sometimes when I've got a really, really busy workload, I think, you know, on Saturday I'm going to lie in bed and read and chill and catch up and keep your mind on other things. A bit like if you have a shot, like you have to have a needle put in your arm and you look at it. Ten times worse. Yeah, but if if you, I always look at my phone, get my phone ready and do something else and then whatever you focus on you get more of that's one of the rules of the mind whatever you focus on intensifies focus on pain it gets worse focus on feeling not good enough it it, it intensifies focus on something good and you feel better yeah why is it so hard to feel like we're enough i feel like most people especially my age i'm 23 most girls my age, we don't feel like we're enough. And I it do. takes a lot of hard work. Like I do an hour-long morning routine in the morning to kind of feel okay. And then I go yeah. through my day and I just need to have yeah. check-ins all the time. Why is it so hard to feel like we're enough to feel like, you know, to just have a, me- a mentality of positive? That's such a good question because the truth is no baby is ever born going, don't look at me. Yeah. I've got triple thighs or milk spots yeah. or I haven't got any hair or teeth yeah. or... You know, I'm drooling and dribbling. A baby comes onto the planet going, hey, I'm the most gorgeous thing. I mean, if you think about it, when you were born, your first experience was being looked at. The doctors looked at you. Parents looked at you. Relatives turned up to look at you. And no baby goes, don't look at me. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm having a really bad hair day. (laughs) 
they just, even if their hair is full of blood and stuff, they just expect to be loved. So that's very good news. We are born knowing we're enough. No baby said, oh, I'm wearing secondhand clothes here or, you know, I, I don't have, I'm sleeping in a little drawer and someone else's baby's got a beautiful designer bedroom. They don't know. Mm-hmm. So we're all born knowing we're enough. But what happens is it's very easy to lose that. And, and we lose it because we get into this comparison Parents start to say, well, your sister could read when she was two. Your brother, he didn't Mm. get food all over the table. Your sister wasn't scared. Your brother was such a good boy. Mm. And even if your parents don't do it, schools do it. Almost straight away, they grade and they stream. And I've also said that's a terrible thing to do. I know when my daughter went to school and she was five and I was taking her into the class. She goes, Mommy, look at that girl she can put write her name in a box, and I can't do that. And I said, but darling, her name is Amy. That's just A-M-Y. Your name is Phaedra. The P goes up, the H goes up, the D goes up, and it's a long name. And, you know, it's a hard name to put in a box, but who cares? When you're yeah. 10, everybody can write their name in a box, but you're an amazing artist. But I really mind that school did that. They would make a fuss of the Sam and the Amy could put their name in a box, but the girl called Diamantopoulos, I mean, what's she going to do? And and they give prizes. And there was one girl in my daughter's class. She was very gifted. She got the prize every year. And she didn't even work. She was just gifted naturally. This is Amy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I remember thinking, that's so unfair because you should give prizes for effort, yeah. not achievement. You... Reward the kid who doesn't even put any effort in and the others who work really hard get no prize and go, what's the point? And, you know, the naturally sunny little kid who's beautiful. I mean, I remember taking my daughter to Disneyland and thinking, gosh, this is like going to Sweden. Every character, Cinderella, they're all blonde Mm. with blue eyes. And what does that say to a little brown-haired girl? Mm. And then I took my daughter to Sweden to see Father Christmas. And again, every child there had... In the Father Christmas, it had white plaits and blue eyes. And it was very exclusive. And I think fairy stories do that, too. It's always the beautiful princess that gets the handsome prince. Never the dumpy little kid. I know they've changed that a bit now. But I think the media, you know, you watch something like Friends and you go, hang on. What waitress lives in Central Park? I mean, I've never met a waitress who's got an apartment in Central Park He's always got glossy, shiny hair and looks yeah. perfect. And I think magazines do a lot of damage. The TV shows do a lot of damage. And now, of course, we have Instagram and Facebook where people only put up their best picture. We think everyone else looks like that. They get out of bed. They look amazing. Mm. They've always got a flat stomach. It's all effortless and it, it's not real. And then we see these mothers who have a baby and a week later... They're out in a skin-tight dress, little baby on their hip, looking like a supermodel. And we think, oh, everyone's better than me. So we start to compare ourselves. And it's really bad to do that because there's no one better than you. Everyone has a skill. Everyone's unique. So that's the big thing about I'm not enough. And the second big thing is that we're now taught not to feel. You know, if you feel something, eat, shop, Mm. Netflix, drink. Do anything except feel, and your feelings are the most real thing you have. And if you don't feel them, 
they regroup and get stronger but we are really taught now to be comfortably numb to numb out to do anything except feel you know go on ebay go on go on instagram just go take on your amazon phone and don't think yeah and just, well yeah and and we we get lost in our phones i mean i'm very guilty of that we're okay. so addicted to phones and computers yeah. i mean I sit, we sit down to dinner and get our phones out. We it's go disgusting. on a plane and immediately get them. I mean, I go to so many concerts because a lot of my clients are rock stars. And everyone is like recording it. And no one's watching it. It's like, yeah. well, when did that happen that we go to an amazing place and we get out their camera and start filming it? I mean, I was watching this girl recently filming her ice cream. She bought an ice cream. She positioned it. She it all melted. She never get to enjoy it, and it's like this. This is just the weird thing. We we now perfectly position our dinner or our lunch or our pet, yeah. but while you're busy filming it, you're not living you're not in living the moment. It. No, you're not fake. living it. All fake. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So obviously, the media and especially the day and age that we live in today, with everybody comparing themselves, that's inevitable. And we, as one person. I cannot control that outcome. I cannot potentially control that. You know, I was conditioned from a young age to feel like I wasn't enough or yeah. whatnot. What can I do to gain control now? Which brings us to the main topic of today's podcast. How do we take control of our thoughts? Well, first of all, start saying I'm enough. But, you know, there are a couple of rules of the mind to, to factor in. One is the mind learns by repetition. Whatever you repeat, yeah. it believes. If you keep saying, I'm scared of spiders, I'm scared of spiders, I'm scared of spiders, you can make yourself scared of spiders. If you say, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough, you can make yourself know you're enough. So the first thing is, whatever it is you want, you know we do this thing it's very common especially for girls we wait for some boy to go I love you you're so beautiful you've got a perfect body yeah. I just ring up just to hear your voice and we go oh I feel so good now because someone loves me but the someone that should love you is you you're going to spend the rest of your life with you you might as well completely fall in love with yourself because it's a lifelong romance. It doesn't bore you. It doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't yeah. cheat on you. No. It doesn't go, oh, I prefer that person. They're taller and thinner and nicer. Yeah. And if you can fall in love with yourself, you give other people permission to do the same. And I see so many people who are to making someone else love them, try to impress their mm -hmm. friends or a boy or a girl or a boss. And that's all very nice. But... If you fall in love with yourself, you just give the world permission to do the same thing. So to be enough, tell yourself you're enough. Write it on your mirror, write it on your screen, put it on your phone alerts, print it on a pillowcase, put it on a cushion, wherever you want. Make sure you see it every day. Great to put it on your pillowcase because it's the first and last thing you see. Put it on your phone. Let's put it in your passwords securely, of course. So you have to type it. If you have to type every day, I am enough, 7, 8, 22, uh, whatever, you're constantly pushing that into your mind. And the mind does not stop to think, is this true or false? Your mind doesn't really care if what you tell mm -hmm. it is good or bad or even right or wrong. It just lets it in. So you might as well tell it great things. So... Make sure you, you have that message, everyone. Bombard yourself with that message. Fall in love with yourself and praise yourself. There is nothing on the planet, nothing that can build you up like praising yourself. Yeah. Not someone else, not like saying to your boyfriend, hey, do I look okay? Yeah, no. Are you sure? Do my legs look too fat? Is this too tight? 
Am I okay? Don't ever do that. Say, I look great. I am great. You know, say things like, I've got a warm heart. I've got great eyes. I've got a lovely smile. I'm a good person. I'm kind. I'm funny. I'm nice. I'm interesting. I mean, one of the things we do in RTT, which is profoundly life-changing, is I talk to her about the missing bit. What did you most want your dad to say? Even if you never had a dad and you were born, I see so many really oh sad God. teenage yeah. boys who never had a dad, never had their dad around. And I say, well, if you did have a dad, what would he say? What would an amazing dad say? I mean, it's kind of obvious. You're a great kid. How lucky am I to have you? You're the best son in the world. I'm so glad I'm your dad. I love being your dad. And I make these big hulking boys say it, and they go, wow, that, who would have thought that changed my life? Because the mind doesn't stop and go, but who's saying that? Well, you're saying it. It just it sinks in the same way if you've got lotion on your skin. Your mind doesn't go, is that fair trade? Is that organic? Does that have power? Yeah. Is it expensive or cheap? Yeah, but lips so on your lips, it goes in. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you're putting olive oil straight from the jar or coconut oil straight from the jar mm-hmm. or lip salve. If, you're, if your skin is dry and you nourish it, it works. But, yeah. but you can nourish yourself with words. So whatever it is you've most wanted to hear, like for me it was, I'm the favorite. I never heard that. But I began to say it every day, I'm the favorite, I'm the favorite. And weirdly enough, I started to feel like I was. And then yeah. even more weirdly... I became the favourite. It was no very way. hard. My sister was she wouldn't mind. My sister was always the favourite. Yeah. But when I started to tell myself I was the favourite, I became the favourite. So particularly if you want love, you know, if you want someone to love you, and what we do is we try to change our weight, our shape, our hair. We get a new outfit, we get eyelash extensions or oh waxings, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And don't change that. If you want love, you need to change one thing, and that is to change how lovable you think you are. Mm-hmm. If you say every day, I am lovable, just the way I am. I accept myself as lovable. I believe in myself as lovable. I see myself as lovable. I easily give love, and I easily yeah. accept it, and I'm filled and nourished. But it's all around me, and I'm like a magnet just attracting love. And it's law of attraction because you literally yeah. bring it into your life yeah, by your word, that. Your, your words shape your reality. That's absolutely couldn't be more true. Your words shape your reality. Yeah. So you use better crazy. words, then you have a better reality. Yeah. You know what really works for me? I look at myself in the mirror and say my affirmations if I'm in a really dark place. Because yeah. my moods go up and down a lot. Like I really sure. struggle with inconsistent moods sometimes like I'm not moods but more like how I value myself because some days I'm like oh my goodness I'm amazing I'm like killing it and all this stuff and then some days I wake up and I'm like I'm awful I am fat I am this I'm that and it's just like ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous but to condition myself to have less of those like negative mindset days and more of those positive mindset days I literally have my mirror in my bedroom and I don't leave my room until I'm done this like morning routine until I'm primed, right? So I look at myself in the mirror in my eyes and I'm like, I am the master of my thoughts. I am like good enough. I am beautiful just the way I am. I am this, I am that. 
Is there, like, do you recommend to your clients to write it down, to say it in the mirror, just to say it out loud, or just to say it any way that they feel is powerful? Um, if you write it down, write it on your mirror. If you write ah. it on your mirror in lipstick or eyeliner or marker pen, you see it. And every time you're cleaning your teeth, you kind yeah. of take it. If you put it on your fridge, your big fridge magnets, put it on your walls of work of art, stencil it somewhere, just keep saying it, reading it and saying it, and... It's the same thing. I'm I'm awesome. I'm lovable. I'm enough. I matter. I'm significant. I mean, I work with so many bullied kids, and I have an anti-bullying program in schools, and I know without question if every child woke up in the morning and said, I matter, I'm significant, mm-hmm. I'm lovable, I'm enough, I'm here for a reason, got something amazing, but I don't even know what it is, but I have something amazing to offer the world, bullying would be so minimal yeah. because, you know, we, we, we feel sorry for the kids that get bullied, but then I feel sorry for the kids that bully yeah. because no one says, hey, my life's so great. Who can I bully today? Same thing with trolls. Yeah. No one says, I'm so happy. I need to chip away at someone else and destroy them. People that do that must be miserable yeah. because they don't think they're enough. And really, the I'm, I started the I'm not enough movement because I saw that everything... Everybody that was coming into my office with all kinds of issues, it all went back to I'm not enough. Yeah. Bulimics, anorexics, they need more because they're not enough. Shopaholics, I need more because I'm not enough. Shoplifters, yeah. hoarders, bingers, alcoholics, you know, I have one drink, I need 10. Drug addicts, it's all this, I need more because yeah. I'm empty inside. And the emptiness is my not enoughness. And you look at Kim Kardashian with... All that fame, all that wow, three children. She got three children now, or four? I, I actually don't even know. <laughs> and now she wants to become a lawyer. You know, yeah. why do you want to be a lawyer? Because I, I don't feel enough. Enough. Now I think yeah. I've got all the beauty, but people yeah. don't see me as intelligent. Yeah. Maybe I'm intelligent, but I now need surgery because I don't yeah. feel beautiful. I got three kids. I need four. I need five. I mean, I look at Angelina Jolie and. Other people like that who need more, like, you know, how many children do you need to feel lovable? I mean, it's a great yeah. thing to adopt them, but, I mean, how many do you need? Or how many pets do you need before you can believe you're enough? And that's another problem in that we look out there. I'm not enough, so what can I buy or get or acquire? Can I get a qualification? Can I get a new partner? Can I buy something new? And then I'll be enough when, in fact, the truth is it's not out there. It's in you. You know, everything we want, we're really without question is because of how it's going to make us feel. Yeah. I want a Prada bag yeah. or a Gucci purse mm-hmm. or a really gorgeous partner or a label that says CEO or senior. I yeah. want that stuff. But when you can get the feeling without the stuff, then you've cracked it. And everything you want, is to make you feel enough. Okay, so I have a question for you. Can you feel enough and also aspire to be this person, to have those things, to have what you want? Because I feel like cause I have really big goals in my life and I want to achieve a lot. And maybe that is stemmed from feeling like I am not enough. <laughs> but I also feel like 
I can be this person full of self-love and abundance, but also have these things. Is yeah. there, what's yeah, the line yeah, there? That's a great question because many people say, surely if I think I'm enough, I'm going to lie on the sofa, eat taco chips and not yeah. do anything. And actually that's not true. When you feel not enough, that's when you do those That's things. when you lie on the sofa and think, what's the point? I could go get that job. I don't want to. I could go on Tinder, but I'll just get dumped in the end. I'll get ghosted. What's the point? In fact, when you know you're enough, you actually think, yeah, I'm enough, so I deserve more. If I'm enough, I should go to the gym. I should make a neutral instead of eating donuts. I should you know, expect more, aim higher, say to someone, yeah. you know, this relationship's not working. I should go to my boss and go, I've been here for five years, I've got some great ideas, I would like to be promoted. And when you know you're enough, you can ask for more mm-hmm. because you have this feeling that I'm worth it. Yeah. But when you're you're not enough and you feel not worth it, you may pursue stuff, but you'll eventually sabotage it because the belief is, oh, I'm not worth it. I mean, mm-hmm. look at somebody like Amy Winehouse George Michael, Michael Jackson, they had all the stuff and they had to get rid of it because their inner feeling was, I don't really deserve this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's interesting to see people who do that. They have everything and they throw it all away Mm -hmm. because of that feeling. I mean, I know Sandra Bullock's husband said, I have everything, married to this to me, and I threw the whole thing away. I cheated on her, this beautiful girl, but inside I never felt I deserved her. Billy Bob Thornton said, you know, Angelina, she was too beautiful for me. I had to leave her for someone ordinary because I didn't deserve that beauty. And that's so bizarre because no baby would say, oh, I don't deserve beautiful stuff. Let me sabotage it, destroy it, get Mm. rid of it. But it is this feeling that we don't deserve it and so people who are very gifted at songwriting or artists you know where I live in Venice there's a sign on that says Anthony Borden what's the point because he was he was a very talented chef who killed himself the same month that Kate Spade did and you think well if they do it what hope is there for me but actually people who have a natural gift believe well I didn't deserve this I didn't work for I didn't earn it and therefore they have to get rid of it because we we like to feel we've earned them we've worked for it men especially really like to feel they pursued a woman and work together when you just give it to them they, they can't value it so true it is so true yeah I know that for my personal relationship yeah I've been with my boyfriend for two years. He's my first boyfriend. And, you know, it was the first guy that I really challenged for a few months at the beginning of the relationship. And that's, you know, what ended up happening. But it's funny, going back to what you said before about loving yourself to allow others to love you. I feel like it happened differently for me. Because before I met Ben, my boyfriend, I had some serious, like, self-esteem issues. Like, I really just didn't think I was good enough at all. And when we went into this relationship and I, at the beginning I was like, yeah, this is going to fail because it's too good to be true. He's too great. It's too good to be true. And, you know, as the relationship went on and on, I, I actually started feeling so much love from him and he was the first guy that's ever loved me. And it was the first relationship that I've ever been in. And I always craved that intimacy Mm. and love since I was a young girl. Love was always this big thing for me. And since I started dating Ben. My 
personal growth and self-love and all of that jazz like that's just literally gone up an insane amount like I've Mm. it's been revolutionary I'm a completely different person now and I think him loving me triggered that because I felt like I was enough to be able to like be myself unconditionally and work on myself is that like can I get triggered sometimes like that well he saw something in you and you see that does happen we think gosh this guy really loves me and then it becomes familiar and you think well if he loves me I must be lovable exactly whereas then we think hmm yeah, he loves me because I put on an act. So a lot of women and men too pretend to be something they're not. They pretend to be funny or mm-hmm. witty or I don't care. Um, yeah. They pretend to be bulletproof. You can't hurt yeah. me. And you, I mean, if ever you watch a show like Love Island, you'll see that. Some of the girls, you say, oh, I know, I don't even like him. He can't hurt me. And then he does. And they go, oh, gosh, I'm destroyed. Yeah. So you're very fortunate that this wonderful guy saw in you everything that's in you. Yeah. But you he began saw it before to, I even knew it you was there. You believed in yourself because he believed in you, which yeah. is what a great parent does. A great yeah. parent says, I believe in you. I know you can do this. You are smart. You're brave. Mm-hmm. You, you can do this. And if we really believe in our kids, they start to believe in themselves. And some parents do the other, they go, oh, no, that's going to go wrong. Don't, mm-hmm. don't aim for the stars, you know, don't apply to a good college because mm-hmm. you might not get in. Don't climb that tree because you could fall. Don't go there because it might go wrong. Don't um, ask for that because you'll never get it. And when you have someone who believes in you, it's the most wonderful thing. You know, I, I know for me, I had, we only need one person actually. And I had my grandmother who always believed in me. Yeah. She was my, she was my sanity really. But you only need one person, and many of us can be that one person to someone. But mm-hmm. he saw in you something amazing, and him seeing it allowed you to see it, which is great. But some people aren't that lucky. When someone else sees it, yeah. they go, "Oh well, there must be something wrong with him if he likes me." You know, one day he's yeah. going to wake up and be disappointed. So I love what you're saying. But for those out there who haven't got the great guy or girl mm. who believes in them, imagine if you did what they would say, you know, what your guy yeah. says to you, and say it to yourself. And then yeah. the quicker you can do that, the quicker you'll get it. So what you're saying is is fascinating. Somebody believed in me, mm-hmm. and that built my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, it was because it, that's never happened before. And, you know... Yeah. Listen, like my parents, the most supportive, loving humans ever. But I feel like I I didn't really take it seriously from them. I needed someone that I really aspired or like really wanted, you know. Oh, sorry for the the audio. Um, But yeah, anyway, that's, it's interesting to think about it that way. And sometimes it's a teacher. Sometimes it's when a teacher can point you out and go, you know what? You are the smartest kid in the class. You know what it is? It's because my parents, I thought, oh, they have to say that. Yeah. I don't believe them. Yeah. Maybe it was that. Maybe. Maybe it was that. Interesting. But either way, somebody believed in you yeah. and it's built your self-esteem, which is beautiful. And yeah. that can happen for many of us. But in the meantime, you believe in you and it yes. will build your self-esteem just as beautifully. Yeah. No, absolutely. And ever since I started believing in myself, and I share my journey a lot on this podcast and yes. everything, but ever since I've started really loving myself and putting myself first and putting what I know I need to do yeah. and my values and my, my, my beliefs and everything first, and I actually own it. Mm. I, it's just like a compound effect. It's been building and building more every single day. I feel like I'm getting better and becoming more of who I'm supposed to be. 
and it's triggered by self-love. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it was triggered actually by Ben believing in me, but then it has kept rolling on because of what I've done with it. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben was just a trigger, but then what I've done with that, it's just been revolutionary. But going back to, you know, cause we're talking a lot about, you know, feeling we're enough, believing in ourselves, loving ourselves, being a big supporter for ourselves. But let's go to the how. Like, yes, writing it on your mirror, affirmations, looking at yourself in the mirror and saying it too. But are there any other things? Like if if people really just in the moment need to change their mentality and get out of their own head, if they're feeling really negative, self-conscious, feeling like they want to binge eat or binge drink, or is there something else that like that someone can do in the moment? Yeah, I mean, I'm a great believer in songs. So mm-hmm. if there's a song that you that has a great lyric, like This Girl Is On Fire, I yeah. used to always play that in my head when I was going on stage or yeah. Bulletproof by Sia. So there are many, many songs. So find a little song like This Girl Is On Fire, Having The Time Of My Life. It doesn't really, Don't Stop Me Now. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be an old song. It would be a current one. I used to love that song that goes, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I love it. I love the Black Eyed Peas. Let's get it started. Because when you go to any political rally, you'll find they play a song. Barack Obama played A Change Is Gonna Come. Tony Blair played Things Can Only Get Better. And and most mm-hmm. boxers going to the ring to a song, Simply the Best by Tina Turner was a good one. Muhammad Ali could really throw all his opponents because he'd say things like, you know, I'm the prettiest. Yeah. S- s- dance, what is it? Sting like a dance oh, like a butterfly, sting, sting like, like a bee. Sting like a bee. Uh, and he says yeah. something amazing. He said, I told myself I was the greatest before I even knew I was. And then something amazing happened. I became the greatest. greatest. So find a little song, it doesn't matter what it is, and sing it to yourself over and over and over again. Um, Love is All Around by Wet, Wet, Wet. That's a great song. Um, and just keep singing it to yourself because it changes your state. Remember, the way you feel is down to two things, the pictures you make in your head and the words you say to yourself. If you're about to go on a date and you think, oh, my God, I couldn't take another rejection, or you're about to go for an interview, you think, oh, if I don't get this job or you're going somewhere you're going to be appraised or you're going for a shot or going to the dentist, doesn't matter what it is, or you've got to stay behind and pull out more of yourself mm. and you're tired, play a little song in your head, maybe make it come out on your phone and have a particular song that you sing over and over and over again because it instantly changes the pictures you make in your head and the words you say to yourself. That's why you would be lying in bed in the morning thinking, oh, I'm so tired, the alarm goes off and it's your favorite song and you leap out of bed and you dance around the living room, the bedroom because music changes your state words change your state and um, when you have a brilliant brain you always have a choice which is to rationalize why you feel so awful Mm -hmm. or to talk yourself out of it you know don't get to that oh look at me my hair my body I look awful I feel terrible I can't do this it's not good enough I haven't left enough time I'm going to mess this up we all do that including me But talk yourself out of that. You know, I I don't need more time. I have brilliant ideas. I can go to the office unprepared because this Mm -hmm. idea is in my head. I can speak to my boss. I don't need notes. I know what to say. When I speak, people like me. Whatever it is you want to feel, you can make yourself feel anything, but it's really down to you. 
That's actually what I do with this podcast. I never prep with my guests, even if it's like an incredible guest like you. Like I actually don't prep because I like to put myself under pressure. And I think that's healthy to kind of just stay present in the moment, all that jazz. So Marissa, I like talking about morning routines a lot on this podcast. I think they're really important Mm. and a great habit to ingrain into your life if you want to, you know. Yeah. So I ask a lot of my guests, if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, what do you do that ensures that you'll turn around and have an amazing day? Like, what are some intense morning routine rituals that you need to do if, if you're having a bad day? Well, gratitude is the highest frequency to resonate at. So when I wake up, the first thing I'd always go, oh, I love my life. I always love my bed. I wake up. I don't, I'm lucky I don't have to get out of bed and rush out of the house because I work from home. But even if I had to do that, I would wake up and think, you know, it's a great day. So try and be into gratitude. And I find that celebrating little things. So when I get in the shower, I go, I love this grapefruit shower. I'll always have things that smell nice. Mm. When I have my first cup of tea, I make one again, gosh, I love this. I always have this really nice milk that's like almond and vanilla. Mm. And I go, I love this. And I try to save a little thing. It doesn't matter what they are because... If you can get pleasure from little things, then you're teaching your mind to always find pleasure rather than than pain. And so even if you've got to go on a commute and it's raining and it's you've got to keep saying, you know, my this is someone else's fantasy. I've got a job. I'm going to work. I, I'm paid. I'm in employment. You know, it's very easy to be in your car going, oh, my God, the traffic, this is hell. And then to look out the bus stop and think, gosh, but I've got a car. Mm-hmm. I have money to run a car. And, you know, I always think if people could just say, gosh, whatever my problem is, someone, somewhere, that would be their fantasy. My kid's keeping me awake all night. They'd go, I'd give anything to have a kid. My husband has left his yeah. pants on the floor for the tenth time running. Someone else would, would love a husband to do that or a girlfriend to do that. My boss is difficult, but you have a boss. And it sounds a bit Pollyanna, but it's a really good thing to think, who would swap places with me today? And what would I have given ten years ago for this problem? Yeah. You know, I was recently, my husband and I were driving to San Diego. I was giving a talk and someone lent us a Tesla to test drive because we were driving to San Diego in this Tesla and he started comparing the traffic and I was like, you know, babe, this is like someone's fantasy. We've been lent a Tesla. We're going to San Diego. We've been put up in a hotel for three days and I'm speaking and, yeah, we can moan about it. We'd go, wow, we're so lucky. And, you know, wherever you are, it's always the little things that make you happy. I, mm. I find that getting into clean sheets, the mm. first cup of coffee, um, hearing birds sing, hearing children laugh. It's never the big, people don't go, yeah, my Gucci handbag or, gosh, my Tesla car. Or It's always the simple things that make us happy. And mm. so you've got to practice gratitude for where you are by remembering what you would have given to have that problem. You've got to be grateful and you've got to always talk yourself out of feeling negative. And also, you know, I, I have that. I had um, last month or the month before I, had, I went to six countries in one month. And by the end of the month, it's like, oh, I am getting a bit tired. Then I went somewhere else and I, I was filming every day or on stage. But it was only for a week and I knew that week would pass. And I was so excited about the day when it would pass. And then then it was great so 
you always have to think, you know, this too will pass. Good, it, it, it don't get into that. This is awful and it's a nightmare, and because it really isn't. You can cope with anything if there's any, even pain. If you know it's coming to an end, you can cope with it. It's when it's relentless. Mm, yeah, absolutely. You know what I actually have struggled with a lot is always thinking about the future, not living in the now. Always thinking, oh, I have to do that. I have to do this. You know, I'll be happy when. Yeah. I'll be happy when I look a certain way, when I make enough money, when I have this. That's like my mm. limiting, weak, meme thoughts. And those I'm just so aware of. And I say them as weak, meme thoughts or yeah. familiar self thoughts because they're not who I want to be. I want to disassociate myself from them. And on the podcast, you guys know what I'm talking about, but I talk a lot about like your superwoman self. So that's what I like to talk about with my listeners a lot is like how to become your best self, your superwoman self. And that person is not your familiar self, your weak self. That person lives in the moment and is kind to herself and nice to herself and loves herself. Um, But what I was going to say is, you know, how do you, what do you say to clients that constantly feel like, they will be happy when. Yeah, and there's no such... You need to imagine yourself like a train. You're like a carriage of a train. And you're on the train and you think you're going to a destination called happiness. You think you're <laughs> going to arrive at a terminal called happiness. But there is no terminal called happiness because happiness is the journey, mm-hmm. not the destination. And we do... Go, I'm going on a holiday. I'll be so happy when I get there. So mm-hmm. the airport is awful. The, and then we arrive and we believe we'll be happy and if you believe that I'll be so happy on my holiday but then when it ends you feel unhappy because it's all Mm. ending and I see that with parents I'll be so happy my kid is out of diapers I'll be so happy my kid can feed itself I'll be so happy and my child's at school and then one day you think gosh I just wished away the life of this beautiful baby I didn't live in the moment I know for me when I had a baby I wished every stage took three times as long. Yeah. I want to stay a newborn for longer, to stay a baby for longer, because it's so fast, mm. everything whizzes by. And the moment is all you have. You know, the past is gone. You can't run back. And say, oh, I wish I could. And I say, don't wish for stuff you can't have. You know, I wish I had that. I wish I'd spent I wish. So the past is gone. The future's promised to nobody but the moment is all you ever have. And if you can live in the moment and be in the moment and be happy, then your life will be extraordinary. But you do have to do that. And sometimes it's hard. You know, I, I'm going to L.A. on Friday. And I thought, okay, I'm going to enjoy every day. Every day is going to be amazing. And I, I just always want to, like, enjoy each day. And I mm. did that on Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, today. It was a bit of a challenge because everything has yeah. gone wrong, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You've still got to live in the moment because then you look back and think, well, where are all those moments? If you live in the future, you don't have moments. Yeah. Thinking, yeah, when I'm thinner. And you look back at yourself yeah. and think, my God, I had an amazing I body know. and I spent yeah. all my life. And nobody cares. Men don't care. They love a little bit of flesh you know they love curves they love the thighs that just spill over the stocking they love that waist to hip they love a little bit of a muffin top they love all of that they don't think oh you've got cellulite I remember one of my friends saying 
when he met his wife, her thighs rubbed together. And he thought that was the sexiest thing he'd ever seen in his life, was watching her walk down the street and her thighs rubbed together. She didn't have a thigh. And he said, I, I knew that that was it for me. And he pursued her. And they're still together to this day. Incredible. Yeah, you know, people go for different things. Mm -hmm. Not what you would think. I know another friend of mine who said that her husband was saying that when he met her, she was sweating. And he said that it was just so erotic that she (laughs) had sweat patches on her um, (laughs) leggings and on her back because she'd been running and she had no makeup. And he said, I never forgot how hot you looked with all that sweat, sweat patches on her armpits and her crotch and her back. And you think... That's sexy, you know. Yeah. What you think is sexy, someone else doesn't mm-hmm. think is sexy. And you know, a couple of my male clients, one of them, his wife has only got one breast. She had breast cancer. And he's a photographer, takes pictures of him. And he said that she is perfect to him. And you know, the minute he met her, he was so impressed by her bravery. And I loved that. Angelina Jolie said that although she tries to treat all her children the same, the one she adopted... She can't help but slightly favour them because they've been through so much. And yeah. she admires that. And many of my clients say, yeah, you know, my wife had cancer or my wife has got a scar. I love the fact that Rupert Friend, who used to go out with Kira Knightley, is married to Amy Mullins, who her legs stop at the knee and she has the blades. And yet she would never think she was less than and neither would he. I mean, I'm sure he thinks he's lucky to be with yeah. a girl that amazing. I love the fact the gap model. You remember the girl with the Impa Tiger? Yes. I've forgotten her name. Um, I do know oh it. God, what is her name? I know her. Yeah. I forget her name. But isn't that wonderful that we now yeah. are seeing beauty differently? We have children with Down syndrome mm. or modeling, and we no longer have that six foot tall, blue eyes, mm. blonde hair, yeah. really skinny as yeah. a model of now beauty. Now it's like healthy and fit. Yeah, yeah. healthy and fit and... You know, yeah. it's it's a wonderful thing, but it, it's really up to you. But don't waste your life waiting to be happy. Again, there's no destination called happiness. Yeah. It's a journey you're on. You have to decide to be happy right now. Mm-hmm. And happiness is an inside job. Nobody can make you say, oh, my boyfriend makes me happy. No. But then he can make you unhappy. Yeah. My children make me happy and then people say oh you know I'm I'm falling apart because they're about to leave and they don't need me anymore my job makes me happy so what will I do if I lose it these things can all enhance your happiness but happiness is an inside job be happy right now this minute be happy when it's raining be happy when it's sunny you know, I you know I I have so many clients who are multi-millionaires living on yachts in Palm Beach with amazing bodies who are unhappy. <laughs> and we go, it's, it's, if I was thin, I'd be happy. If yeah. I was rich, if I if it, if it wasn't this miserable yeah. weather, but I have many clients who live in paradise and are unhappy. Yeah. Because those things can't make you happy. You have to choose happiness, and then they will certainly add to it. Yeah. Okay, so lastly, I actually did an Instagram story today asking some of my followers if they had any questions for you. So maybe we could quickly answer a few and then... Oh, I'd love to. Amazing. We got so many. Okay. I always feel like I have worries hanging over me. How can I stop thinking about them? Well... Think what you know. If you could switch your worries out with someone else, would you trade your worries for someone else? As often we wouldn't. There was a 
big thing about people who pinned all their worries to a tree, then you had to go and take one. They all took their own worry back again because they were used to it. And statistically, 4% of what you worry about is ever going to happen. Most things you worry about never, ever, ever happen. So you only know, 96%. Or four 90, per, yeah, 4% of things you worry about are likely to happen. Yeah. And if you think in the last 10 years about, we've been worried about nuclear war yeah. and all, none of it's happened. You know, we, everyone was saying, oh, I'm going to leave if Donald Trump gets voted yeah. in, but they didn't. And life still goes on. Yeah. And so remember that statistically 4% of your worries are going to come true. 96% won't. So don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. That's like a song. Yeah. We have so many. This one girl, though, I just want to say to you, um, she says, I don't have a question, but can you just let her know that she changed my life? (laughs) Thank you. Um, That's such a wonderful thing to hear. Yeah. We got to feel like that being like, oh, my goodness, we're so excited for this episode. Okay. How about this one? Um, How do I become aware that a thought is just a thought? Like when you're in the moment thinking a thought, how do you just snap out of that that? that in unconsciousness and just realize it's just a thought yeah that's a great question but it is just a thought so if you were sitting outside you could go there's a bee and it's going to sting me and now it's spoiling my outside mm. lunch i can't relax because of the bee or you could go gosh there's a bee i'm so glad to see bees the, the world would die without bees every time i see a bee i don't have to believe that thing about all oh, the bees are all going into extinction what are we doing um A thought is just a thought, but thoughts are things, and every thought you think has a physical reaction and an emotional response. So it's just a thought, but a thought is a thing, and your thoughts become real. So it's an interesting question because thoughts are real. So rather than thinking about it's just a thought, here's a better question. Is this a good thought or a bad thought? Is this a useful thought or a very unhelpful? Is this thought going to help you or or minimize you? Is it going to do anything? So let's imagine you've got to go for an interview and you're having a thought, I'll never get the job. Who's ever going to employ Mm. me? You know, I I haven't got anything to offer. And you'd never say that to your friend. It's I'm going to go for a job. And they go, oh, you won't get it. Who'd want you? I mean, come on, you're a single parent. What have you got to offer the world? And you didn't have a high school education. You haven't got a degree. You didn't go to college. And neither did Oprah Winfrey and many people we look at are super talented. Um, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, some of the people we really envy. So instead of what you're suggesting, every time you think a thought, just ask everyone, is this a good thought or a bad thought? It's a thought. It already is a thought. Is this thought going to enhance my life or minimize it? Do I want to keep it or change it? Would I, if my friend had this thought, who wants me? I've got nothing to offer the world. Would I allow them to continue that thought? No, Mm. I wouldn't. That's such a good way of thinking of it. Is it a good thought or a bad thought? It is is a thought. Is it going to enhance your life or minimize it? Yeah, 100%. I have a few questions here. We'll do this as the last kind of category. But so many people are saying, I hate my body and I can't stop binging and because they know that you do a lot of work yeah. around eating disorders. How do I control my eating habits? Um, you know, all that stuff. The fastest way is to say I'm enough when you're sitting with a big bag of potato chips. Just, just stop and go, you know, I'm enough. I don't need more. When you think you're not enough, you will always need more. More Krispy Kreme donuts, more taco chips, more jelly sweets, more Haribo. And when you know you're enough, you actually don't need more. So every time you're eating, especially that hand-to-mouth with packets of potato chips or popcorn, just go, I'm enough. 
I don't need more. It doesn't mean you have to stop and throw it away, but keep saying I'm enough. And, and try to be in the moment with food. Put something in your mouth and taste it. I mean, I've done that. You put a candy, you put another one in. You think, I'm not even tasting this. And I remember when I just had like one, I was trying to do it and I had one potato. I was in Spain. I can still remember that potato was the nicest I've ever had in my life because I had one. I ate it really slowly mm. and it was so yummy rather than just cramming mm. them in. So be in the moment with food. Remember babies, you can't make babies eat quickly. They are so into feeling the food in their gums, in their mm. mouth. They just don't cram anything in. And even though they go, oh, I want a cake, I want a cake, I want an ice cream, you can, they eat four bites and they leave it because they completely engage with food. So engage with it, even if you think you're binging it. Well, I'm going to eat six cakes, but I'm going to enjoy each one. Why rush it? And then keep saying, I'm enough, I'm enough, I'm enough. I don't need more because I'm enough. And finally, if you say this one word, I'm choosing to eat better and choosing to feel great about it. That is a game changer. I'm choosing to eat apples instead of cake and I'm choosing to love it because you see when you go oh my god I can't have cake and I want cake but I want this and I can't have cake when you deny something you want it more the minute you deny anything the desire goes up when you go I could do that but I'm choosing not to your mind goes oh yeah you could and you have a choice and you're making a choice mm -hmm. and then it helps you make the choice I could binge I could eat badly I could pig out on jellies I'm choosing not to. I yeah. can eat five bars of candy, but I'm choosing not to. The word choosing says to the mind, I'm making a choice that I wish to make, and your mind will say, oh, I'll help you now. But when you go, oh, I couldn't, shouldn't, oughtn't, I'm not allowed that, we actually yeah. want it more. Makes so much sense. Yeah, In so my past of dieting, when I've been very restrictive, you just end up binging. Of it's course. so bad. So I'm choosing. Yeah. To eat selectively and healthy, and I'm choosing to love it and to feel great about it. Those, that sentence, I promise everyone, it will change everything. I'm choosing to love my body just so mm -hmm. to feel great about it. That will do it too. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. That is so powerful. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. This has been You're such welcome. an incredible interview, and thank you for having me at your lovely home in London. And I cannot wait to release this episode. Where can everybody find you? And let me know what you offer online, if you do coaching sessions online sure. and everything. Well, if you go to marissapeer.com, it's very easy, M-A-R-I-S-A-P-E-E-R, marissapeer.com. You can find me there, and we give away tons of stuff. We're always giving away audios or little mini-series on confidence, self-esteem, money blocks, love. Mm. We always have at least four that we give away. And I think those titles are Money Blocks, Relationships and Love, uh, Self-Esteem, and something else. They're always there. If you want to know how to train in LTT and do what I do, go to rapidtransformationaltherapy.com. You can find out how to do what I do or find someone who does what I do. Or go to imenough.com because, again, we give away a ton of stuff on that. So we have three websites, marissapeer.com, imenough.com, and rapidtransformationaltherapy.com. Amazing. Thank you so much.